Oh, you know what? Right there. Boom. You can hear us now? Yeah. Hey, what, it's what, Harrison. What was it for future iterations? Configuration error. Oh, yeah, okay. sure. There we go. Sure. You know, the classic. <laughs> I, I had audio piped to my mic. I don't know how that, <laughs> nice. that works. It was just trying to come out your tiny microphone, just like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the American Doctor Analysis Show. Uh, can I tell you guys something? Yeah. I am really mad at XG right now. Why? Because it's letting me down. Why? Because the World Cup stuff? Okay. So I watched the United States women's national team play like a really bad soccer game. Like watching it, it was terrible. And the next morning I get up and I'm like, I'm going to talk about how terrible this is. And then all you smart people are like, well, actually, Ian, they had three expected goals. So you're wrong. And additionally, it goes the other way, too, because my my preferred major league soccer team, the Seattle Sounders, all year I've been like, guys, <laughs> listen, it's going to be fine. The XG is good. It's going to be fine. And it has not been fine. I was looking I, at um I feel betrayed by XG. It's just like making me look really stupid on the internet and I don't like that. It's supposed to make me look smart on the internet or else I wouldn't do this. We do, we don't have it. We don't have anything that says that. You're wrong. That I'm smart? No, it's <laughs> supposed to make you look smart. <laughs> but listen, all I'm saying is XG is wrong and it's it's let me down. Hello, everybody, and yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. I'm your host, Ian. With me today, as always, Kieran, the Kingmaker Doyle, and Harrison, Happy Hour Crow. How's it going, gentlemen? Okay, that's the best one yet. We're keeping right that one. You like that Happy one. Hour? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will mm-hmm. say, for for a little peek into the green room, we're recording on Zoom for the first time, and I can see Harrison, and it's so yeah. much more fun. He's very <laughs> so cool. I like more his... fun. He's got like a whole look going on. It's very good right now. Very cool glasses, like some cool hair. He's got uh, a bright blue water bottle that looks like a bong when he puts <laughs> it on his desk, but it's just a water bottle. Only uh, a water bottle. <laughs> only a water bottle. Uh, I, I redid my office this week. Yeah. I actually redid my office. It looks decent right now. So I'd say yeah. the court situation you got going on is exactly what I would imagine uh, for someone in your profession. <laughs> a thousand percent. Just like a thousand chords behind you. Like, yeah, I get that. I feel you, man. There's like, uh, and it's sad because it's like, you can't even see all of them. There's a box that's put away. Uh, there's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, do you guys I'm ca- headlong into 40. Do you guys have like just a box of wires in, in your house someplace? Like I, yes. I do. If just like random plugins and adapters for a thousand different things, I don't. I'll never need, but I just feel like, well, you never know if I'm going to need to use that like PS2 controller again. For some reason, uh, I, I have it. <laughs> I keep it in my car. Okay. It was in my that's car actually, for a long time. Yeah. That's actually smart. No, I feel like that's actually, I feel like that's no logic. 
No, I feel, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like half the time I need it. It's, it's usually I need it. I'm on the go somewhere. I don't know. I think, I kind of think that's clever. That's low key clever. I like it. All right, guys, let's talk about major league soccer. Um, we've had some, a, uh, let's say transactions. You guys got any favorite transactions? What's been going on here? We got, uh, Portland signed Anthony. That's pretty good. It's good yeah, player, not, but but a fake Anthony, not even real Anthony. That's oh, not even the real Anthony. No, we got a Miami a, signed a lot of people. Brian I have Acosta. a least favorite. I have a least favorite transaction. Give it to me, Richie Larea to the Whitecaps. <laughs> the Whitecaps started <laughs> tweeting West Coast, Best Coast, like win a championship first, and then you can talk smack. Yeah, I'm sure that that right back is really going to be the difference maker for you. They're, that they're is the most Vink. Vancouver designated player. Or they defeat him. They're deep, he he. The reason he didn't come back to TFC at the end of his loan is because he was like, "Yeah, I want to get bought. I don't want to just come for another loan, and I want DP money." Like, so you're paying him at least one point six million dollars plus a transfer fee, plus TFC probably still have his rights. So I think you have to like trade TFC for those. So I... <laughs> and and he's twenty nine in January. <laughs> I, that's like the most Vancouver-y thing, I think. Like old school Vancouver style. Just like, oh yeah, we heard of that guy. Let's give him a deal. Let's give him whatever money he asked for. I'm sure they like their agent. No, old school. Old school, yeah, is the agent. Is the agent going, hey, my team, uh, my player will come play for your team. And them going, really? Okay. Right on. Yes. Come play for us. Can I, I'm going to put something in the in the group chat real quick that's kind of funny to me go for it in in addition uh, to patty mullins back-to-back mac herman trophy awards because that was cool i didn't know about that yeah i mean the man's a legend a legend of the game uh okay so here's the transfer tracker right from mls soccer like just the home page you know and it's listing all the ones there and i love that like Charlotte FC, Andrew Shin Yashiki mutually terminate contract got its own graphic. <laughs> Wait, they terminated they they bought him out? Uh yeah. They, they, they terminated it. Yeah, he's that's gone. Whoa. Uh he's he's just looking like real like next to all these like, hey, acquisitions and like big departures. And then it's just like, oh, and this guy we just hated so much we paid him to not play for us again dude and they use like it, like he just looks ang- he looks angry. He does it's not a very favorable picture of him. Yeah. Like he, yeah, he's getting paid seven hundred thousand dollars a year to not play for Charlotte. That's amazing. Yeah, no, yeah. it just sounds like a dream come true to me. Um, I would pay. I would. I would be paid seven hundred thousand dollars not to play for Charlotte. I mean, you could, next time they want to do that, look me up. I, I, mean, I, I already, I already don't play for Charlotte for free. So like, if they want to offer money for that, I'm, I'm into it. Agreed. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, so we had some transactions here. This is a deadline day, I believe, as we are recording. Or has deadline day passed? No, today's uh, deadline day. You're my right. team isn't doing anything, so I haven't paid any attention to it. Uh, Zillarian's gone. That's pretty big news. We don't like that. Off to Saudi Arabia. But Diego uh, Rossi is in. Diego Rossi coming in. It's pretty cool. Uh, I feel like... I've never seen a guy go to Turkey and come back successfully. Like, I feel like once you get into Turkey, like, I don't know, like we've seen like a lot of players go there and just sort of like vanish. Like, I don't hear about him anymore. Like what's Kyle Aaron up to these days? I I don't know. 
He he actually just got bought by a La Liga team for like eight million dollars. So after oh. after scoring like a bunch of goals on loan in the bottom half of La Liga last year. He was week, at so. like Valladolid or something, right? Is that the last Yeah, he was on loan from Club Bruges to Valladolid. He scored a bunch of goals. Valladolid went down, activated the purchase option for one point five million, and then immediately flipped into another Spanish team for eight million. Like what happened to Fabian Castillo? You guys remember that dude? He was like, I, my, yeah, he, he was went my, to you went to Liga, uh, Mexico. He's in Liga, he's in Liga Mexico. No, he was on my number one, like, well, when the allocation order was still a thing, I was like, yeah, uh, Dallas should bring Castillo back. Yeah, they did they, they should have. I mean, I, I, I feel like we talked about that on the podcast a couple times previously, like, that was a thing Dallas should have done, but because they had the hardest time trying to replace him, right. I mean, I don't think they've ever successfully hey, they, done it. They've anymore. got they've got <laughs> Alan Velasco, yeah, and Paul Ariola. I guess like six years later, I mean, Castillo was really fun to watch. He was a good player. You know, uh, uh, speaking of uh, MLS oldies, you know, Diego Fagundes uh, getting traded again. Yep, I feel bad yeah. for him. Why? I'm curious why. Uh, apparently, he like was super bought into Austin, like apparently built a house there. And like, he's like, yeah, I'm like rebuilding myself after my whole career was in new England and DC. And like, I was like not wanted. And now I had a really good year and Austin's this cool place. And then they're like, actually, <laughs> peace. we want, we want no part. We, we want no part of your salary and we'll take memo instead. I think there's this like growing idea that, like maybe the best player you can have is cap space now or just like flexibility. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's a weird one where like now that free agency is a thing in MLS, like there are definitely guys who are overpaid. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And like, if you're asking me, would you rather have a 29 year old decent MLS player who's probably making five or $600,000 or like, I don't know, some random guy who's like 23 from and Argentina, makes... I'll be like, I'll take the Argentine guy. Yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> like sight unseen. I don't need to know anything else about him. Just send him over. Uh, yeah. it, the Fagundes and and Memo. It just it. I don't. I don't understand it. Like I really don't. I don't. I don't kind of grasp what's what either team is trying to do. It's not like. Uh, I guess yeah. Fagundes had like a a good season last year from a numbers perspective, but like from a G plus perspective, like he's mostly struggled in in Austin, and Memo's not been good for like three or four years. So I I don't understand really what what either team's trying to do to to capitalize. I feel like they they're very similar players um, in a lot of respects. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Kieran, what did you what what kind of like? I just kind of laughed at it. I I didn't. I don't understand it. Uh, I thought it was like a a weird deal because the Galaxy aren't making the playoffs. Like Brugman has gone down, Chicharito's down. Like I just don't. I I think they're good enough to be a playoff team, but I think they're too deep in the hole. So I was like, Agreed. okay, if you're gonna take on Fagundes' salary, which is a million dollars, like you should be taking assets back to bail them out of cap space, not giving them what we don't know what the add-ons are. So like 
300k is 300k the add-ons could be like austin wins mls cup like i don't know um or the galaxy win mls cup or something so we don't really know what those look like but i don't know i just thought it was weird i do think fagunda is better than memo and like i don't know but it's a lot of money he just makes so much i just would never trade for him and i don't i don't really get it on either half i also don't get austin doing it now if they're not bringing someone in today, which it doesn't, I don't know. I haven't seen anything so far that they're bringing. I haven't in. heard any rumors. I, I haven't seen anything. So we'll see. Well, we've got uh, a couple teams to talk about today. Uh, we've got, of course, Atlanta United Football Club and the Portland Timbers Football Club. And we're going to do a little deep dive on both these as much as we can. Um Let's start with uh, Atlanta, which is a team going through a lot of um, transition right now. I think they just signed like three new guys today or something, maybe two. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if you guys know anything about the, the people they signed other than they are some guys from a different league and Atlanta do like to buy players like that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting situation for Atlanta, who we saw with that meteoric rise. And they were kind of like the talk of MLS for a while. They were the big story. Like they were kind of messy before Messi was messy. You know, like this was the big draw now. This was the, the thing that the league really wanted your eyes and attention on was Atlanta United. And uh, when that MLS Cup, they had Almiron, they had Martinez, they had, you know, just this really exciting, fun team that everyone was interested in to watch, the great stadium, all that noise. And uh, then they just kind of, got pretty average um and they've made some changes uh they brought in garth lager away from seattle to kind of run the show over there and and yeah so it's kind of a team in transition it's a new look atlanta i think they're pretty i'd say stabilized right now obviously led by tiago amato who is a phenomenal player uh who i guess is still here they didn't i guess he's still here for now i i, I don't know how much longer um, he's going to be here. I, I don't think they're going to sell him at for, this point. Yeah. Not for very long. I mean, he's, he's, yeah. I, I don't know who it's, who said it on, on Twitter, but somebody was talking about the need for MLS teams to be able to reload quickly. And, and this was more uh, in, in reference to somebody else. But I, I think Columbus is a really great uh, example of that to where, you know, they, they flip their their star player uh, Lucas Elrion, and then right back they're working on getting Diego Rossi. Right, um, it's a great example of giving a player one player um, what he wants to do: go make some bank um, in the Middle East, and then bring back uh, a known entity that they know is going to be able to uh, to help their team. So I don't know; it's a it's kind of weird, and it's something that. You know, Atlanta is going to have to think about really hard in the next uh, in the next transfer window. Is a how do you supplement your best player, and then b how can you kind of reload quickly? Yeah, Atlanta are like Atlanta are weird though because they've gone the route of like let's go get really good twenty one year olds all the time, and like hey we'll pay a lot of money for a very good twenty one year old that we think we can sell for twice as much in a year, but it's pretty hard to build 
like your same thing year after year after year that way because like if you miss one it's over like and they had barco who ended up being not good and they made their money back on him i think but whatever same thing with pt pt was pt was not great they get bailed out by qatar make their money back um and so now I look and like, okay, this Zonde Silva guy is like 26. He hasn't really played that much in decent leagues. He scored a little bit in League 2 this year. The Georgian guys played in Turkey and kind of been up and down and scored and at a decent number for Turkey. And we've seen pretty good translation, Turkey to MLS. Um, like at FC Cincinnati, they they have gotten pretty good production out of um, the defensive midfielder, Nobuoto. And then they've gotten, and they liked what they got out of him enough to go and get um, Bupenza, the striker, who I think scored twice in his debut or scored once in his debut. So we'll see what that looks like. What's interesting to me is that the profile of the two players they're getting is that they're 26 and 28, which has not been the Atlanta MO so far. The Atlanta MO has definitely been 22, 24, 21, whatever. And so maybe they see this as a little bit more of a sure thing. At the same time, I don't know, do you really want four years of a 28 year old winger i don't know maybe not no but i think that's uh, that's kind of been the seattle sounders mo right has been to go after more late 20s type players and to build depth um through experience and then supplement it with you know potential and this this is them this is the mls thing though right is like when we look at like the best DPs, and these guys are not DPs, so it doesn't really matter. But when we look at the best DPs, it's not twenty-one-year-old guys who like if they hit. There's a lot of sell pressure, and selling players for a profit is good, but making a profit does not win you MLS Cup. Um, but it's also not thirty-three-year-olds. It's these like twenty-seven-year-old guys who are really good, and they're happy to come to MLS and play here for five years. It's Giovinco. It's Mukhtar, it's Ladero, like it's these guys who are coming at 27 and staying for five years, like through their peak. So maybe this is the hit. Um, but I think if you miss on those players, the floor is very low because you are talking about eating losses on fees. You're talking about eating losses on wages if you have to buy people out. And Atlanta their recruitment has been very up and down through various regimes and different people running the club and at the club. So like, we'll see what it looks like in theory. They're a little bit more committed to using data now than they have been in the past. We'll see what it looks like. I mean, other than like this, uh, Giacomaki sky, like it's almost entirely been down like, since those first two years, like they've been, been really rough on a lot of this stuff. And that's just kind of like my, my take on Atlanta is that they're just constantly just like plugging players in and taking them out and plugging them back in over here and just trying different things. And they, they have so many that they had to jettison a U22 player. Their coach liked playing to yeah. another MLS team for nothing because they're like, Oh, otherwise we have to cut you. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Like, that's I don't even know how that crazy. happens. Yeah. That is, that is very strange that, that, yeah. They actually were so <laughs> we're about to so flagrantly violate a, a roster rule that they had to just like just give him Tr- away. Toronto, can you take Ibarra, please? And it uh, was a guy they liked that actually played for them too. Pl- yeah, Pineda was like, "Yeah, we really don't want to do this." Uh, 
I have like a few non-recruitment, like on-field things. Like, yeah, yeah. What you this got? team probably has to start out like goalkeeping. Like, they're the worst team in the league by XG prevented from goalkeepers two years in a row. I think. Yeah. Um, and like Guzan is on a lot of money and stinks. And they brought in Westberg, who's like a fine backup, but he's not very good. Um, Who was that guy that they had? Was good. He was the backup. Alec Khan, somebody like that. Yeah, Alec Khan, and then at Khan went to FC Cincinnati in the expansion yeah. draft, maybe, or like a trade. Yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what they got rid of. But he was like backup bullet sponge guy. Like was really bad at everything except for saving lots of shots, which is the most important part of goalkeeping. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun yeah. fact. And that that and like, I don't know. Pineda's making. This is a thing that. I have a personal gripe when teams hire assistants because mm-hmm. being an assistant coach is a very different job from being a, a, a head coach mm-hmm. or like being an academy coach to being a head coach are like very different roles. Like most of your role as a head coach is not actually your on-pitch ideas. It's like managing people. And I think Pineda was like exceptionally touted. Like people were like, yeah, this guy's going to be such a good head coach. And he just hasn't been like they, have had like a pretty good defense all year in terms of like, yeah, we're going to play back four in this their center back partnership. And then they play Messi and they're like back three new guys, new spots. <laughs> we're going to make it work. And it's like, actually, no, it didn't work. This was bad. So I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on. And they spend a lot of money and they're like underlying. They've been playing a back three for about a month and a half. Yeah. But why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, uh, if I, it, it, I think it's Caleb Wiley partially. They they put a lot of uh, put a lot of eggs in that Caleb Wiley basket, haven't they? They they, they really have. I mean, they, that's why they traded Andrew uh, Guman. Um, that's primarily, uh, you know, I, I I think it gives them a little bit of attacking width right now. Um, but it it's it's a little bit it's a little bit crazy because I don't think they necessarily have the components um defensively to make it work and i don't think that they have the attacking pieces really um to help almeida um they've been using uh uh they've been using a couple different players underneath the attacker or underneath the striker there with almeida and i don't think it works at all and it's it's not very clean it's not great Did you know so that Quentin Westberg is 37 years old? Yeah, he's an old guy. I didn't realize that. That's that's Ozzy Alonso, same age. It's incredible. Yeah, he was at TFC for a few years. He's like, uh, he can pass the ball real good. So I think Atlanta's biggest thing going forward beyond this year, I don't. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. It looks like that's going to be pretty straightforward for them. Um, you know, they're sitting in seventh right now with thirty or uh, 35 well maybe they won't it's close but i think they'll probably be amongst that top nine teams there but going forward you know like i can't imagine miles robinson's gonna be here much longer you know we, we know we've already talked about tiago Almada's not gonna be here much longer we've uh yeah like those are two pretty crucial pieces to their side that they're gonna have to replace and um yeah i don't think that the as an organization they're like super patient with like bad signings right like they kind of tend to try to get them out as they can they you know they they 
they've shown a willingness to cut bait on guys before. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's, um, I feel like it's, it's an organization still very much in, in kind of flux right now. I know we say that a lot, but a lot of MLS teams just by nature are, uh, just cause you sure. can't afford to like, just, you can't afford to like wait players out a lot if you're trying to win. Like you can't just stick them in the reserves, you know, or like <laughs> you need that salary cap space back. You, you can't really just be like, all right, well, we're just going to write that one off or just let that one, you know, sit in the stove a little longer. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't see this as like a MLS cup contender or anything like that. And I, I don't think unless these new guys are just incredible. No, no. I will say like, I'll give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Like Yakamakis is very good. Yeah, he's like really I think I think guy. he I think he leads the league leads the league in uh XG per ninety six non penalty. I think he's just been kind of injured a lot, so he's only played like ten nineties or eleven nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's yeah he's very good. So like and again, strikers are like kind of the easiest position to like data profile. He, the guy had dope numbers in uh Scotland, I think, and maybe Greece before that. So. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see what they look like moving forward. But at least, like, he is kind of a tent pole signing where, like, if he's going to be a 20 goal a season striker in MLS, which pretty possible, uh, that's a pretty nice foundation to go from. I'm kind of uh, interested in uh, Rosetta. Um, he's a decent middle of the park player his numbers are above average but it seems like he he's i don't know anytime i've watched him i know he's prone to errors i know that he has some some issues i kind of wonder if they still need to re to figure out how they're going to do that pairing because i feel like they keep swapping out the middle of the park with the three players between matthias uh rosado and then uh you also have uh the individual that i'm going to butcher their name uh cedric um and then sosa santiago sosa who they again another player that they went and got money for, uh spent money on to acquire um uh, i don't feel like they've really figured out how they're going to do that and you know they had paired almeida up there with chol and i don't think that's working as i mentioned so it it just feels like they, yeah, kind of like what you said, Ian. They're they're in flux. They have like three or four positions they still haven't quite figured out. Um, I, I'm glad to see that they went and spent on striker. I think that was really needed. Not necessarily because, as you mentioned, they have a really great one, but Miguel Barry has been the worst. Um, I, I think it's kind of funny. Uh, there's a lot of analytical drive and love behind a lot of his uh single season uh numbers in columbus and then he went to dc and thought was oh dc is gonna go in and try to find sign this analytical darling kind of and then he just absolutely was bad in dc he's been bad in atlanta in fact he has the worst receiving numbers uh for a striker uh according to g plus over over the season and so it's it's definitely something that they need more depth in the attack um so this is like interesting uh, this is like okay this is just a purely theoretical thing 
But I think about this all the time. And I think about it with like Patty Mullins and other guys too. So like Miguel Berry had one really good season. And that really good season was eight goals in 1090s. Eight goals, one assist, 1090s. But he puts up, and it's not like it wasn't super hot finishing. Like, yes, it was eight goals on six XG or something like that. But his XG plus XA per 90 that season was more than the rest of his career per 90 combined. So, like, all the seasons since then, like, so he was like 0.7 in that season. Since then, he's been 0.32, 0.22, and 0.1. So even if you add up three Miguel Berries in the three years since then, not as much. And so what I think about this is, like, how does this happen? Like, I understand 10 games is not a crazy sample. But, like, you don't just walk into 6-3. You don't get, like, the keeper drops the ball to you in the 6 for 6-3. Like, that doesn't happen. And so I always think about this when we see, like, you see people do, like, the Remember the Streets tweet where they're, like, the, or the streets remember Emir Zaki, Wigan striker from 2007. <laughs> and, like, I, I just don't. I don't know how this happens where a player has like one season where they're first of all, first of all, Kieran, don't you ever, ever say Patrick Mullins and then compare him to Miguel Berry's. No, 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 no. We will fight. We will fight. No, Patrick Mullins is better than Miguel Berry, but Patrick Mullins was like, did not exactly have longevity in his career. Like that. It was a a lot of it was that injury and just didn't ever recover from that knee situation. Right. Is is that it with Barry? Is that like he had an ankle injury and he can't run anymore? Like, is that what happened? I just, I'm so curious when we see like quote unquote one season wonders, like, is it, no, they just had like the one coach who unlocked them or was it like, yeah, that's usually what gets said. Right. Even if that same coach fails to unlock them the next three years, it's like, well, he's yeah, exactly. He he really got the most out of him. It is an interesting thing. We do see it, Uh, you know, uh, Michu and all that. The the greatest example of this, right? Like, like how do you just pop off for like twenty five goals one year, and then you're just like pedestrian at best for the rest of your career? Um, You know, it 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 could be just. Maybe there is something to like streakiness and confidence and all that stuff. I don't know. Maybe you're just in like a good mental place or like, you know, the other thing I think to remember is that like your fitness is kind of never like really like a set thing, right? Like sometimes you're carrying even stuff we don't hear reported, sometimes stuff that maybe you don't even tell your coach about, like, cause you don't want to get benched. And maybe just that year, like, everything was just working good in the body. Like just like would like didn't have the, the weird knee pain or the weird shin pain that kind of like, eh, you know not enough to like complain about but you know you notice it and and maybe that's all there is to it it's just like some years you're just in like that optimum they find a year where there's some like that optimum health and like some other things kind of fall in place and you get that beautiful magical one one season wonder thing uh graffiti you know like that kind of guy <laughs> just wow. Like, wow yeah there you go there you go i know that soccer wow <laughs> um I don't know. It's it's a it's a curious thing and probably worth a deep dive. We should probably just do one episode and find like our our biggest one season wonders and, and, and discuss those. That would be kind of a fun thing to do with an episode. Um, but yeah. Uh, any, any closing thoughts on on Atlanta here before we move on? No, let's talk about Portland. All right. Um, Portland Timbers are a soccer team in the Pacific Northwest, and it is no secret that I I do not care for that. Um. That is just fan stuff. It, it so has, it's what? So I know, right? Um, 
I have not watched or followed like one second of the Portland Timbers this year. <laughs> like, I if they aren't playing Seattle, I I do not pay attention to what they're doing. Um, and it appears, looking at these numbers, that what they're doing is not super good. Um, I feel like Portland has been vacillating between not good and okay for a while. Is that accurate? Yes. Well, while also spending lots of money. Yeah, and just kind of... good point, too. <laughs> being in the news for the wrong reasons. And I... I don't think much of this organization. <laughs> I'm going to try to separate my fan bias from, you know, the the analytical side of it. But even as like just a team, like I don't feel that they've ever really I think if they weren't so famous for you know the the atmosphere and stuff like that, like this would not be like a well thought of organization in any way. Uh, uh, that's a tough one because they have like they've won an MLS Cup they've had like a few finals they have like the historic tent pole like club legends in Chara and Valeri they won MLS's back tournament no one else can say that yes, the, no one else can say the, that raise the banner factually yeah um, I don't know I I don't I also don't I just don't get it I just don't get what the plan is. I don't. I would agree with I, that. Yeah. I, I just don't like. There's certain clubs I can look at, and I'm like, okay, like I I get what you're doing. At least Atlanta, I'm like, okay, you're gonna spend lots of money, and if the players are bad, you're gonna get rid of them, and then try again. Where I can look at like Seattle, and you're gonna prioritize lots of academy players coming through as depth, and you're gonna go get like really good peak age players in the trade market and you're gonna go get whatever you already have jordan morris but that is what it is but portland i'm just like i don't know how do you want to play because you get all these wingers that are like want to keep the ball but then you have only so, de- only defensive midfielders so many wingers so <laughs> many wingers so many wingers you like haven't had a good striker since fernando adi uh and like that guy i can't remember his name but he like Played nine games, scored nine goals, and um, then had to quit the league because of cocaine. Brian Gutierrez. That guy. Uh, <laughs> you have a great goalkeeper, and then you're like, actually, I'm going to feud with you and not play you and play Bingham, who like has just been bombed out of San Jose, who are the worst team in the league. Like, I just don't – if you want to be a bunker counter team, just be a bunker counter team and go buy guys to be bunker counter players. But it, I'm, fi- it, it, I'm that, fine with that. <sighs> They but they don't play bunk and counter when it suits them. They put like there's teams that they go against that would absolutely suit them to be bunk and counter. If that's what they did against that team, they would freaking eviscerate them. And it there are times where they look so good as a bunker counter team, and then they go and they try to play possession with a, like what you said with wingers and these DMs that uh, I mean they could cover a lot of ground, they can win possession. But that's about it. They can't maintain possession. They're turning over the ball in bad spots. Their defense is poor. Um, it, it just oh god, yeah, it's so fr- it is really frustrating to see. I don't think like honestly, I don't get 
why they have the coach that they have. I don't get it. Other than it's just right now really problematic to uh, overhaul not over not only the entire front office because you know reasons, but also uh, you have to completely overhaul the entire coaching staff too. And the only reason why is that it's an inconvenience to do both at the same time. That's that I can't imagine he has a job if this continues. Uh, more than a year. I mean, like I think like, I don't I think, get it. I think Mara really likes him. Like I think he really thinks that GSF is great. But why? Like no one has ever articulated to me why he's a good coach. I don't understand what. Like what is his brilliant thing that he does? He beats Seattle. He beats Seattle. <laughs> he does beat Seattle. It's not that he yes. did. He does beat Seattle. Like he I will totally give you that. No, it, it, no. It, if you if you divorce yourself from the underlying metrics that we think are more predictive of long term performance, and you just look at the table and playoffs, I can see how you'd be like, "Oh yeah, he's good." Like they have come towards the top of the table reasonably often. They have made multiple deep playoff runs. I can see how you would be like, "Yes." At the same time, I also don't really understand how you watch the team and aren't like, they suck. Like, every time they make a deep playoff run, it's like, no, actually, we are fluking the life out of this. And it just happens. Dyron Espria has to do, like, 50-yard bicycle kicks to get you through (laughs) these things. And he's going to do it. Like, credit where it's due. (laughs) That man cost me so much aging. The other thing with Sabarisi is... Like, didn't he upset Eric Williamson? Like, wasn't wasn't there a big fight there? And now they the good to... goalkeeper, and like now uh, Christian Paredes, like another one of their better players. What's going on there? <laughs> like, why is this like a, a recurring thing like happening with this like with Savarese and these guys? Uh, I do, I think he's a reasonably abrasive gentleman. He does look a little bit abrasive. You know, when I was um, a very young lad playing um, playing indoor soccer, I uh, got subbed into a game and scored on my first touch and exclaimed that I pulled the Giovanni Savarese. So there's like a good old take from you from his oh, actual wow. playing days. Yeah. Uh, so I do have fond memories of him in that way. But uh, yeah, it's... Um, I don't know what to say about this team other than just... Um, it's probably time to just change something up, like a lot of things. <laughs> like unplug the Portland Timbers and plug them back in. Let's do that again. And I would love it if they could get a new owner and just kind of distance themselves from that whole situation. And I would love it if they could get like a new coach. And like I feel like they need that. They could probably use just like a whole fresh outlook on what the Portland Timbers are as an organization. Because I just think that whatever this crew is that they're kind of hanging on to. And I get like Charles a legend and he's still a good player. And I get that Blanca's a legend and he's still a decent player, but like you're hanging on to like guys like this for so, so long. And that has to hold you back in some ways. And they did the same thing with Valeri too. Maybe they could have let him go like a year or two sooner and been a little bit closer to this. I don't know. That's actually, I, I, I honestly, I feel like they maybe push Valeri out a little soon. You think perfectly so? I do. <laughs> I, I I actually think that that was that was a thing that Valeri was really um, had a lot of class about. 
And mm-hmm. because they basically just were like, hey, yeah, this year uh, is your last year, your contract. So um, we're just going to play you off the bench and really don't look forward to playing a lot of minutes. And we're going to transition away from you. And yeah, but he was also like a hundred. Yeah. Diego was... Valeri? Yeah. Wasn't he like 38 when he retired? Uh, uh, He's not older than me. Uh, he was 34 his last season. Okay, that's like not that bad. Maybe he just like wanted to hang out with his daughter. I don't know. I I'm like I I go to, go to Thorn Games. You know, that's I, hey, look, I I I think that that would be a pretty awesome retirement. He's uh, he's 37 today. Yeah. He's he's 37 years old today. Diego Valeri. It's a lot um, of years. It's some, some years. You know, a lot of a lot of like let's, years let's, on let's be careful. Let's be careful about that's a lot of years, sir. Let's <laughs> <laughs> In this in this in this world, it's a lot of years. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you guys think about? Uh, I guess the guy that they finally did bring in to sort of be the next heir of that is this Evander lad, who I think he started off real, real slow and looked real, real bad. Oh yeah, too. Uh, oh, yeah. it's like, ooh, they missed here, but he seems to have uh, picked it up a little bit. He's picked it up a little bit. I wouldn't say he's like a a star yet, but there's some there's some signs there that that look a little promising, right? Yeah, his his um his Magellan numbers were like pretty good. And mm-hmm. and he started so slow that I I bet you if you like split his metrics I don't know at some arbitrary date like two months into the season he probably looks a lot better. Yeah. Um, but the passing is pretty legit. The creation is not bad. He scored a few goals. Like I don't think he's world beater, but again maybe it's an international player like takes a year to settle and then gets good thing. Uh, the striker they got uh, what's his name Bowley. Mm-hmm. is interesting like there's some reasonable production there uh and then who knows with this anthony guy from aruka is like i don't i i cannot profess to know much about him um yeah i i honestly like i'm just not even gonna pretend they're so not fun to watch and they're not good so there's just no incentive for me to be like i'm gonna dig deep into the timbers number and i'm like no yeah I like, mean, at least St. Louis are bad, but at least they're like entertaining. And like Austin, there was like the fun blood feud. Portland are just like, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. It's just not very fun in the Pacific Northwest right now. It's not a fun time when Vancouver is like the most exciting thing going on in the Pacific Northwest soccer story. Spe- speaking of, you know, leave- you know, you know, things are bad if we're looking at that going like, oof, oof. Apparently, Vancouver are signing uh, or are close to signing Sam Atacubi, the Canada left back. So they are buying a 29 and 28 year old starting fullbacks who are presumably going to be a DP and a high TAM player. Well, so fun. Well, what are you going to do there? You know, they got to be who they are. Um, I mean, be do you right that's what they say uh, that's kids what say, they, do you that's the kids do say that but kids are notably dumb um <laughs> i'm sorry out there i'm sure you have a smart kid but your kid's dumb because they're kids uh negative five xgd on the year i mean they're just pretty close to like right you know that's not a huge i think under. they have the i think they have the worst xgd in the west it's possible, yeah. And, and they and they have the lowest XG four. Uh, look, I think they are sub one XG a game. 
Maybe if you yeah. maybe you have to strip penalties out from that, but I think they're sub one XG a game, which is like catastrophically low. Jesse yeah. Marsh's leads were better than that. Uh, boy, what if Jesse Marsh came and coached Portland? I think I I don't know what I. Oh do, my man. god! I no. don't know what I do. No, I don't know if I could like continue on with the sport at that point. I'd be so. I mean, so does torn. doesn't that make a little sense though? No, I don't think so. I don't. You think don't. So. Yeah. You don't. don't you don't. You don't think like they just chaos ball and just. I think there is not a better quite bunking counter. They would but... need to build like they would need to replace basically every single one of those players to play his game. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think that's true. I think I there's do, a better I... chance of the Red Bulls hiring him at the end of the year than there is. Uh, that than there is of uh, that. I I just assume that that's exactly what he's waiting on. I, like to be perfectly honest, from an MLS standpoint, if there was a team that was going to take a shot at them, that makes the most sense. But I'm just, I'm, I, you know what? Like honestly, uh, you know, Paredes, he, he does a lot of a lot of things that would make sense in the middle of the park, and uh, Mascara out there on the fullback, up and down those wings. Like I could kind of see it, Evander, you know. He, did, he covers a lot of ground. He... Felipe Mora is really good in, in possession if he can stay healthy. Like I get, I, I, I don't know. I could, I could, I could kind of see it. Like I can kind of see it. They would have to replace. Uh, they they would have to replace Diego Shara. Like I don't think Shara could continue to to do what he's doing. It would definitely be exciting. I mean, like it would definitely be a bold new change. Bold new like uh, stance for them. I think that could be kind of interesting. I mean, they always were like they wanted to build like this classic counterattacking team. So in that sense, like I think they've gone away from that some, as we talked about earlier. But like in that sense, maybe like the DNA is there. I don't think it'll happen either way. But I, I think Marsh probably still has some irons and some fires out out abroad, and was kind of interested in making himself like the American coach abroad. So we'll see though. We will see. Um, any closing thoughts on the Portland Timbers guys? Absolutely not. I hope they don't make the playoffs so we don't have to deal with any Dyron Espria triple post long shots from 40 yards. I don't think you have to worry about that. Yeah, doesn't seem like they're gonna, but who knows? Lots of things can happen here and maybe, you know, Ryan Acosta was the missing piece they needed to to pull it all together and, you know, make that another unlikely MLS Cup run. Stranger things have happened in this league. Sure, yeah. Uh, Karen, do you got any trivia for us? I do. I do indeed. Uh, I have six questions, one of which is a remember that guy question with the four clues. So a little, a little crossover trivia. A little crossover special. Okay. okay. Three Atlanta, three Portland. I can't remember when the last time we did trivia was, and I cannot tell you who won. It was probably Ian. So I'm going to let Harrison go first. Wow. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, one through six, Harrison. Which question would you like? Let's go with uh, four. That is our guy remembering question. Uh, so four clues. If you get it on the first clue, it's four points, then three points, then two points, then one point. Um, okay. So this player is a French, a one-time French international. This striker played two seasons for the Portland Timbers before retiring in the Indian Super League. Any guesses from either of you gentlemen? I don't know. One-time French international, right? One-time French inter- yeah. striker, mm. two seasons retired in India. I can't okay. think of a single French. 
Okay, moving on. Uh, never a prolific score. This player's best run of form was with Saint-Étienne, where he scored 23 goals in 89 matches, before trying to force a move to local rivals Leon and punching a fan in the face and breaking his nose for confronting him at a Leon game. I'm seeing no bells being rung on any basis. <laughs> no, there's the, 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 there's complete complete nothing. Uh, okay. Well, th- maybe this. I keep continue on. I don't think we're gonna get. Uh, I, I maybe this I, clue will will open some doors for you. Fans probably remember him most from his time with Portsmouth and West Ham from 2009 to 2012. He scored the winner in an FA Cup semi final over Spurs. Uh, he also scored to put West Ham up 2-1 on the final day, where he jumped into the, gr- into the crowd to celebrate, was sent off for jumping into the crowd to celebrate. Uh, West Ham then conceded an equalizer and were relegated with 10 men. Uh, that doesn't help me, but uh, it's... Uh, 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 Fre- oh. Frederick... Like the Quan. I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. It is, Fre- it is Frederick Picion. Yes, I will give that to Picion. you. Picion. There you are. Yeah, there we that are, was there close are, enough. Are. I will give it that to you. That is just a complete blank spot in my head. <laughs> no uh, idea who you're talking about. Well, two points for it. He also scored one goal in 990s for the Timbers, but he scored four goals in the US Open Cup against Bloomington Amrads before being waived after a season and a half. Nice. Uh, not the most memorable thing. member of this guy, but that's well, well done. That was deep in the deep cuts, Harrison. Yeah. Uh, Ian, you are up one through six and none, uh, and not number four. Give me number one. Okay. Uh, this is an over under question. Since the inception of the league, Atlanta have spent the most on transfer fees of any club in MLS. So that includes all the time they were not in the league. Uh, double the team in second. Uh, how much money in US dollars, uh, to the nearest million? have they spent so you can either have harrison pick the line uh and you can pick over under or you can pick the exact line if you have been gazing atlanta united's transfer market page recently uh now harrison can pick the line (laughs) all right harrison how much have they spent in uh millions of us dollars on players in i don't know what how many years have we had atlanta seven years six years That's a thinking face if I've ever seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm going to I'm going to guess about 160. Let's think of 140. One, let's go a little bit lower. Let's go about 140. Okay, Ian, have Atlanta spent more or less than 140 million US dollars? I really hope less. <laughs> is that your formal answer? Yeah, it's less. It's got to be less. You are correct. It is 113 million. What? I would have never. If you had picked 112, I would have said. I would have said. If I would have said 100. What would have? I, I felt like I would have said was... lower. I was thinking somewhere around 80. They oh, have. Ta- they've no. taken back like 75 million in fees. I think. Wow. Which is pretty wow. crazy. That is. Uh, that's like that's who's the second most? Uh, Portland with 50. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, they spent a lot of money on a lot of people. All right. Intriguing. Uh, All righty, Harrison, you're up. Two, three, five, and six. Let's go six. 
Okay. Um, across the entirety of the ASA dataset, no player has generated more raw G plus from interrupting than Diego Chara. Uh, it's about 32 G plus across his 30,000 career minutes. Uh, the next highest player has no higher than 25. I want you to name any two of the next five highest G plus interrupters. And that is not for 96. That is for their entire career in the Ozzy Alonso. That is indeed one of them. Can you name one more? Interrupting. It's a tough one. And interrupting at, at, at the DMs? Not just DM, any position. Any position. So it's definitely a center back. Um... I, I will say of the remaining four, it is equally distributed between center back and defensive midfield. So not just anyway. Interesting. You've got one. Can you extend your lead to 4-1? Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't got anybody. I don't got anybody. Surely you can name one MLS center back or defensive midfielder that played for a long time. Uh, Shad Marshall, um, which I know is not correct. That is unfortunately incorrect. The other options were Matt Hedges, Andrew Farrell, Dax Matt McCartney, Hedges. and Michael Bradley. Matt uh, Hedges is who I was thinking of. Okay. 3 1 to the Happy Hour Harrisons. Ian, you are up. Can you equalize? Has five been picked yet? It has not been. Um, a favorite in MLS analytics spaces. Who did the Portland Timbers select with their first ever MLS Superdraft pick? Uh, Nagby, right? It is indeed Darlington Nagby. That was the yeah. softball question. Three to three, Harrison. You can put yourself back on top with number two or number three. Let's go three. Uh, by <laughs> nice by my count, uh, Atlanta United have signed 14 Argentinians in seven years. Uh, you two are going to take turns naming them until one of you can't name a player. So, Harrison, you are up first. All I need from you is to name an Argentinian who has played for Atlanta United. Uh, let's go with Barco. There is one. Ian, can you name an Argentinian that was not named Barco? Uh, Argentine player that played for Atlanta United, not named Barco. I just have one in my stupid um, Almada. There, there is two. Harrison, you're <laughs> up. Uh, because I really want to be drive the dagger. Let's go uh, Assad. That is indeed one, yep. Uh, three of 14. What's his face? Um, well, Pity was fun, right? He was Argentine. There you go. You've got four of 14. Harrison, you're back up. Perez. Uh, I'm going to need you to be more specific. Uh, I'm uh, Leonardo Gonzalez Perez. LGP. Okay, yes. Uh, correct. Ian, you were up five of fourteen down. I believe the man uh, they have now, Sosa, is from Argentina. Also correct, six of fourteen. Harrison, you're back up. Uh, Franco Escobar. That is another one. Uh, seven of fourteen. You are halfway there, and you were starting to run out of easy ones. Ian, you are up. Um. Is uh, 
is Arojo? Is that is he is he Argentine or is he Brazilian? I think he's Brazilian. Is that uh, your formal answer? <laughs> let's go with Rosetto. Rosetto is Argentinian, isn't he? Ooh. Uh no, I believe he's Brazilian. Uh well, I do not I don't have him on my list. And Araujo was also Brazilian. So Okay. Well, I named two Brazilians, so that should count as one Argentine. <laughs> is that the exchange rate? Yes, Rosetto is Brazilian. Harrison, you have taken the point. It is five to three. I can name like four more. Uh the ones you guys missed were Marcelino Mourinho, uh, Miguel Ibarra, Ibarra Alan Franco, Remedi, oh, Rocco yeah, Riesnovo, yeah. Lissandro Lopez, oh. and uh, that, Lopez. and that center back Mesa who played like one game and then got bought out. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's Ian, a couple in there I wouldn't have gotten. Ian, you need this to draw, or Harrison is heading into happy hour on the All West right. Coast right, with right. a victory. <laughs> um, with yeah. an average attendance above 50K, Atlanta United are one of the most well-supported clubs globally. As such, the club honored the fans by retiring which jersey number for the fans specifically? 17. That is correct. It is 17. Uh, so we have a tie. I don't have a tie-breaking question. I'm going to uh, just give it to Harrison because he, no, he could name more Argentinian the... players. Are you serious? 17? Like I had no idea what that I was going to be like, maybe it's 12. It yeah, seems, I would have assumed twelve as well. It seems twelve would be the obvious one. Do you remember seventeen? Yeah. Well, here's well because they started in two thousand seventeen. Oh God! Uh, and for a while, it was super annoying for us. If you don't remember this, because they put it on their official roster page, so our API could oh, kind of pull no. it. Oh, yeah. No. Okay, I do remember that. I do remember <laughs> that. That's it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was highly irritating, and one of many reasons I was very irritated with Atlanta United for so long. That's uh, I do remember do it, having to delete that out every single time. Yeah. I think I wrote a script just to remove it. Yeah, <laughs> from yeah, the fans. Um, okay, well, I want, I want a real tiebreaker. I don't want. Right. I I don't think Harrison wants the pity win. No, I don't. No, absolutely not. So I have a real, I have a real tiebreaker for you. Uh, their manager, Gonzalo Pineda, was a Mexican international. I want both of you to guess how many caps he had for Mexico. Ian, I'm going to let you go first because you got the easiest questions very much so in today's quiz. I did? So I'm going to let you go first and Harrison can guess second. Uh, wins. Mexican international... Uh, 30, 30, 30 caps. I'm going to say 30, 30 caps. That's what I'm going to say. Harrison, how many caps do you think he had? And you can very flagrantly say 31 or 29. I, I, I think it's funny that you said that because I was like, I could absolutely do the uh, the prices right here. Um, yeah. I'm going to say uh, 27. Well, unfortunately, that's going to be a loss for you because you had 45. <laughs> I almost went with 40. I almost went with 40. I was like, I don't think he had 40. I don't, I didn't think he, I know he went to at least one world cup, but I didn't remember him playing. He went to world cup 2006. Uh, mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't think he played. And that's it. That's all we got. Oh, yeah, actually did. he did. He scored a Panenka in the shootout against Argentina. Yes. Yep, yep. 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 I, 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 but, I remember that. Ian maintains his 
victory. He was a, he was a he was a good player for Seattle. He was really I, good. I actually had no idea he was a Mexican international until yeah. I opened his Wikipedia page for that tiebreaker. Yeah, so he's good. He was a good player back in his day. All right, everybody. Um, oh, uh, do you want to do the wheel thing real quick? Oh yeah, let's do the wheel thing because the I, wheel of the wheel of I, teams. I didn't do the wheel. Well, uh, well, he loads up that wheel. I want to. I Portland fans, listen. <laughs> we were really critical, and I, I do apologize, Drew, if you're listening. I'm sorry too. No, I don't, I, I don't think the, the team is very good. I, I Drew don't. Drew would absolutely say half the stuff that we said, and he would. I know, but he's allowed to say it. Yeah. Uh, you got to be okay. there. Okay. Our first wheel spin brought us to Orlando. All and right. our second wheel spin brought us to LAFC ever so close to the New England administrative leaves. But LAFC it is. So Orlando and the black and gold. All right. That'll be an exciting episode here in a couple of weeks. Thank you all for listening. Um I want to thank my uh, friends, my colleagues, my co-hosts, Harrison Crow. You can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Kieran Doyle, he can be found on Twitter at Kier Doyle. That's K-I-E-R-D-O-Y-L-E. And you can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Please follow American Soccer Analysis on Twitter. That's where the good stuff is. At Analysis Evolved, visit the website www.americansocceranalysis.com. Kieran, do you want to plug your podcast thing you're doing? Uh, right now, uh, Ariel Drawer, uh, ASA, ASA person, is uh, running the Double Pivot podcast feed for the Women's World Cup. So uh, I have made an appearance on there. I may or may not later in the tournament, but check out the uh, the cool coverage that is going on down under from live on the ground. Live on the ground, folks. That's the kind of coverage you can only get from ASA through Double Pivot. Uh we will uh, visit the website. I was saying www.americansocceranalysis.com. If you would like to support the show, uh, please make sure to uh, check out our Patreon. That's uh, patreon.com um, slash American Soccer Analysis. There's just one tier there. It is $5 a month, uh, which is a lot for us and everyone that does it. We thank you because it helps cover our server costs, which we are still not quite doing yet, but uh, we appreciate all the help we can get on that. So if you like the show, like the website, like the data, great way to support us. And you get to hang out in our Discord and talk to some cool people. Uh, who also are analytically minded soccer fans as well. And there are some of them that are staying up all night, every night to talk about the Women's World Cup. So if you're lonely at 3 a.m., Discord, $5 a month, not a bad deal. Uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks. Uh, until then, enjoy the soccer. <laughs>